Heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema. They, they have a real shot to get to. Frazier's got it in the Big Ten Championship. He's in Champaign. They rush the floor. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois. It's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. What are we doing? <laughs> I'm going to drop the plans doing? for this. And Eric Fry. Because they won a game, and they still will not be ranked again this season. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in, welcome in to another rainy, a drizzly a day here, and welcome in to a Wednesday edition of the uh, Start in a Lane-Up. What's happening out there, everybody? We are Travis Sparks and Eric Fry as well here in uh, studios of the 98.9 and uh, Jack FM studios, and uh, welcome in to uh, the programmer here on the next hour here on ESPN Radio. Coming up, we got some local sports to uh, dive into uh, from uh, last night. Has some uh, conference tournaments uh, there to talk about. The uh, National Trail, of course, the Little Illini, and also had uh, some girls basketball uh, last night as well that we'll hit up on as well. And we'll take a look at the uh, schedule for this evening as well more basketball to uh, talk about uh, and of course we'll find the uh, NBA from last night in the schedule for tonight and we had uh, some surprising a coaching change in the association and uh well a new man on the bench uh, there that was made official this morning by uh, Woj there breaking the news about uh, that in Milwaukee so we'll hit up on that We'll also be hitting up on uh, some uh, college basketball, uh, another couple upsets uh, there uh, last night, another store, uh, court storming, and we'll hit up on that, as well as the matchup for tonight, including a matchup that's on our airwaves right here on 98.9, because the Illini are back in action, and they're back in action against a little brother. We meet again. It's Northwestern, and this time we go up there to uh, their place, so... Uh, we'll hit up on that matchup as well, and we'll also uh, squeeze into some uh, baseball here as well as the uh, Hall of Famers were announced there uh, yesterday, and who's in, who's out, who didn't quite make it there on the uh, ballot uh, there, and who's a Hall of Famer mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball, so uh, we'll hit up on that, and whatever we don't get to here in the uh, Trusher Show, we get to in the uh, podcast some sort of a fashion and uh, find that podcast wherever you find it on your favorite podcasting platforms. And of course the starting lineup would not be possible without the help from McMahon meets tingly insurance agency 
Worth Computer Repair, and Topolis State Bank. So we appreciate uh, them and tip our caps to them. All right, uh, so we've uh, set the table here for this Wednesday and January 4, 24th. You know what that means? 2024. It's 01 2424. Ah. So, uh, and we need to get it started, and we need to hit it up with our first segment. And it's the first segment we call First Things First. Before we get into the show, First things first. And, of course, we're starting off in the NBA from last night. We didn't have any 60s or 70 board performances this time, but we had a battle for the biggest markets in the NBA. We had the battle for New York and the battle for L.A. as well last night on the national networks. And Jokic was doing things there in Indy as well but uh the uh, knicks won the battle for new york the uh, knicks won 108 to 103 julius Randle goes off for a 30 and bridges goes off for a 36 in the loss wasn't quite enough to beat the knicks uh there uh last night in brooklyn yeah that's all i got i mean you know the Travis, the NBA is so fickle sometimes. You know, you think you have it figured out, you know who the good teams are. And then some come out and lay eggs. And the Knicks almost laid an egg last night. Yeah. But, I mean, Randall and uh, Brunson showed up, but not really much else. Yeah. So, both of them went for 30, in fact. So, uh, everybody else kind of was there. And sprinkled production, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that the the Knicks seem to be a pretty decent this season. But yeah, last night they almost let it slip away uh, yeah. there. But a strong fourth quarter, though. New York, by the way, Travis getting it done. They are twenty and one against teams below five hundred this season. Hmm. So they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. Sure. So what you're saying is that they could be frauds. Very much so. Hmm. Very much so. Mm-hmm. We'll see what they could actually do uh, later on if they uh, hold strong and what they do in the postseason is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, right now, they sit at number five in the Eastern Conference if the uh, season ended today. And if the season ended today, the Nets would be on the outside of looking in of the Hawks for the final play-in spot. That means they're 7-16 and 16 against teams that are above 500. Ooh. Yeah. Not great. Nope. So, but uh, getting it done against the uh, Nets there last night. Uh, the uh, Clippers, they won the uh, battle for L.A. there. They won 127 to 1-16 over the uh, Lakers. Uh, Kawhi goes for a triple-double here. 25 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists uh, there. And AD, 28 points, 12 rebounds. No LeBron. No LeBron. No LeBron. Sits out uh, here. Everybody basically played uh, but LeBron. And uh, Russell had 27. That uh, led the team in scoring for the Lakers. But wasn't enough to beat 
uh, Kawhi and company. James Harden went for 23 as well. Yep. PG going for 17. By the way, the Lakers now 2-3 and three when LeBron doesn't play this season. Mm. Was and it just rest or? I believe so. Did mm. you know, Travis, that this is the B-Rivals week in the NBA? I did not, no. I, I, no clue that was even a thing, but apparently it is. And it started with the Clippers and the Lakers. Hmm. Interesting. I, mean, I guess Knicks-Nets is kind of a rivalry, both there in New York City. like. Yeah, kind of, but not really. Not really, no. Yeah. Um, but uh, Lakers or Clippers got it done in there, and uh, the Clippers of the season ended today. They are right up there in the thick of it in the West, but they would be behind. Uh, we have the Thunder, Timberwolves, Nuggets. They're all kind of technically uh, tied there. I mean, the Thunder and the Timberwolves have the best record in the West right now. Uh, the Nuggets trail by uh, – they have one more in the win column, but they also have one more in the loss column as well. But uh, they have a slightly worse win percentage, but uh, the Clippers would be in four – uh, spot right now and the Lakers hanging on there they're at the bottom in the play-in uh, with the Jazz and the Rockets are only a half game out and the Warriors they're a entire game and a half out mm-hmm. of the uh, play-in uh, right now if the season ended today uh, we had a little bit of a uh, controversy there in uh, Oklahoma City and uh, the Thunder won that one 111 to 109 uh, Shea Gilders Alexander goes for 33 points in the game, uh, but uh, Portland is actually uh, last night. I actually got that notification from ESPN. Uh, they're actually going to protest this loss yes. after um, Chauncey Billups didn't get granted a timeout or something. Yes, he was supposed to get a timeout, but the refs didn't call it and whistled a double dribble. It was a double dribble, a turnover, and they ended up losing. So they're going to. Um, protest this game. There have been six successful protests in NBA history. The last one involved the Heat-Hawks game at December 19th, 2007, when Shaq was incorrectly ruled to have six fouls when he only had five. The game was resumed March 8th, 2008, but no one scored in the uh, 51.9 seconds. That was replayed from overtime, and the Hawks won 114-111 to 111 as no one scored for either team. Tr- Shaq, by the way, Travis, was traded to the Suns before the game was resumed, so he did not play. <laughs> so the reason why the game did not happen, Shaq was Man. gone by the time they replayed it. So That's good. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, they're contending that Chauncey Billups was clearly calling a timeout before a referee called Brogdon for a double dribble with 15 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Billups was then assessed two technical fouls for arguing, was ejected from the game. At the time of the ejection, Portland led 109-108, to according to Elias Sports Bureau. That is the latest into a game a head coach was ejected while his team had the lead in the last 25 seasons. Wow. It's also the latest into a game a head coach was ejected, regardless of score, since Steve Clifford was ejected March 2019, when he was ejected um. with 4.2 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Hmm. The uh, crew chief, uh, Bill Kennedy, said that Billups was not granted a timeout because the official was focused on the play in front of him, making it difficult for him to hear and to see uh, Chauncey's request uh, there. It was uh, difficult for a number one to hear and a number two to see the coach's request, a timeout behind him. Kennedy said he is taught to referee the play until completion, which is a double dribble happens, and he correctly called the double dribble. 
then presumably the technical fouls uh, come forward uh, after that. So, so yeah, Shea Gilchrist Alexander made one of the technical fouls to tie the game up, and then on the foul, you know, possession after the technical, mm-hmm. Jalen Williams made the game winner with three seconds left. So really. Right. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. But as I've always said, as a coach, Mr. Billups needs to not put himself in that situation to get a double technical call because he ended up costing his game the team the win. Sure. Yeah. Uh, an NBA team has 48 hours to uh, file a protest with the league office in five days to provide evidence of the protest in action. After that, the league office has five or more days to make a decision a protest costs a team $10,000 to file and is refunded if successful. So, ten grand for this challenge hmm. or this protest. So, hopefully it works out for them. Hopefully. Uh, there, but uh, Portland having a uh, bad bad season, though, after they traded uh, Dame. Uh, they're 12-31 and 31 with this loss uh, now. So, uh, Thunder all the way up here. And the Trailblazers are all the way down yep. there with the uh, Spurs, the only team that has a worse record than they do in the West right now. So, But they're putting this game under protest. Uh, their uh, game in Indy there was the Nuggets saying they got the win 114-109 to against the Pacers. And Jokic, another night at the office for him, another triple-double, 31 points, 13 rebounds, and a 10 assists as well. Uh, Siakam playing here for the uh, Pacers. He had a 16 points and a 10 rebounds for the Pacers. But hey, are you going up against the Joker? Got to have a triple double. Mm-hmm. Didn't do that. Nope. So uh, also uh, Jamal Murray as well went for 31 uh, as well. So a lot of duos in the league having multiple 30 point games. Uh, there, Miles Turner led the way for the Pacers. He had 22. And the game, uh, four of the five starters were in double figures, but uh, couldn't get it done against the Nuggets. Nice. Um, and the uh, Pelicans, uh, they won here 153 to 124 over the uh, Jazz. C.J. McCollum with a performance, 33 points uh, for him. Zion goes for 17 in the win as well, but... Not quite Did, 60. Nope, didn't get those 30 dunks that he needed to. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't even have dunks as the stat, so I don't know. He had a plus six, plus minus. Well, that's important. It is. So, uh, and Pelicans get the uh, win there. They improved to 26-18 and 18 on the season. Uh, they're smacked out there uh, number five in the West uh, right now, half game up on the Suns right now uh, there and uh, that was it from uh, the uh, league uh, there uh, last night and uh, have uh, tonight uh, Zarian games on uh, the national networks the Suns and Mavericks matching up on ABC yes and then the Thunder and Spurs yes matching up on ESPN and both of those Travis are part of Rivals Week because when you think of Rivals you think of the Suns and the Mavericks and the Thunder and the Spurs Hmm. two rivals going at it I'm not sure why these two teams would be considered, four teams would be considered rivals. Basically, all of the nationally televised games this week are considered part of Rivals Week. Hmm. Are they a part of the same division? Or? Well, here, let me tell you. Mavs guards <laughs> Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic 
take on the star-powered Suns Corps, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker in a showdown of two teams that hope to continue their climb in the Western Conference standings. That's what it says or the storyline for that game. Mm. And the other one, the two favorites in the Kia Rookie of the Year chase meet for the second time this season. It's Chet Holmgren in OKC, and? host Victor Wimbunyama, and San Antonio. That at least I, I agree with, I guess. Yeah. But the Suns and Mavs, I don't know. I guess they were both supposed to be kind of at the top of the West when the season started. Right. Yeah. But Suns have kind of let us down. Yeah. They've battled some injuries. Yeah. Um, and then uh, elsewhere, the uh, Cavs, they're up against the, the uh, Bucks, and uh, that is significant because the uh, Bucks they have a new head coach. Yeah. And his name is Doc Rivers, uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski mm-hmm. uh, this morning, uh, finalizing and reaching an agreement in principle to become the next head coach of the Milwaukee uh, Bucks is Doc Rivers. Uh, they're recently an ESPN NBA analyst and also uh, coached the 76ers. But uh, now with the dismissal of Adrian Griffin there yesterday, the uh, new head man is Doc Rivers trying to right the ship in Milwaukee. I don't get it. <laughs> Even though Milwaukee, what, they're second in the East right now. Mm-hmm. 30 and 13. And you're going to make a coaching change. Yep. And you make it to Doc Rivers. Yep. Interesting. I mean, they haven't played great, specifically on the defensive side. You know, they're 21st in defensive efficiency. They are 25th in points directly off the pick, and they are 20th in points directly off the drive. So, yes, they have not done a good job defensively. But Travis Griffin is being fired with the third highest win percentage of a coach at the time of a midseason coaching change. Hmm. You have to go back to 2015-16 when uh, Blatt was the coach at Cleveland when LeBron got him fired, if you remember that. that he had a 73% win percentage uh, that season. Mm-hmm. 53 games coached, the fewest among non-interim coaches in Bucks franchise history. Hmm. 43 games are also the fewest games coached in an individual's first non-interim NBA coaching job since Jerry Tarkanian in 92-93. Hmm. So, yeah, I and again, you got rid of Drew Holiday and you brought in Dame. Dame's not nearly as good of a defender as Drew. He's a point first guy. So you're losing out on that defense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but I think what he uh, gives you uh, elsewhere makes up for it. Right. Now, as far as I'm if you want to look at this as a positive way, Travis, the Cavs in 2015-2016 got rid of their coach, David Blatt, as I said. So did the Lakers um, in 79 and 80. They had the two highest win percentage um, to be fired midseason. Both those teams went on to win the title. Mm. So will the Bucks follow the trend? Maybe. Potentially. Hopefully they don't get into a Game 7 situation. Oh, yeah. Otherwise... We know the track record, a recent track record, uh, Mr. Doc Rivers, and we'll see how well he gels with the uh, tandem of Lillard and Antetokounmpo yep. uh, there. And we'll see if he makes it to and the sidelines tonight. Is Giannis starting to get a reputation, Travis? Uh, maybe. He got the previous coach fired to hire Griffin. Now he, Griffin's fired, and Doc's his guy now, and I don't know. Yeah. It just... It's starting to seem like a little prima donna ish 
for Mr. Antetokounmpo. Right. Yeah, I mean, I would kind of agree with that. It's kind of trending uh, that way, more so than in the beginning of his career. But I guess that's what happens when you blossom into a, a superstar, win a championship, and all the accolades uh, he's had uh, there as well. But uh, Doc Rivers in as Milwaukee Bucks head coach. So we'll see what they do tonight. All right, so we'll we'll step away and we'll talk more basketball. We'll talk more local basketball when we come up. We got the uh, conference tournaments with the uh, National Trail, Little Illini, and Lincoln Prairie as well. And we'll hit up on uh, some girls basketball that happened there last night as well. On the way here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Gigas. We'll be right back. It's cold outside, but at McMahon Meats, we have a convenient drive-up window so you can stay in your car. Phone ahead at 217-813-6054 to place your order, and we will hand it to you in your warm car. McMahon Meats offers fresh cuts of beef, pork, chicken, and fish. We also offer a wide variety of sides and appetizers. Stop by today on Route 40 between Teutopolis and Effingham. Check us out online at mcmahonmeats.com or visit us on Facebook. McMahon Meats, where quality and convenience meet tradition. This is Lucas Crenning with a message from the FNM Fire Department. As a firefighter, I've witnessed the devastating consequences of vehicle accidents. Let's stay focused. Distracted driving kills. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phone. Buckle up. Seatbelts save lives. It's a simple action that can prevent serious injuries. Also, let's protect our little ones. Use proper car seats for children to ensure their safety. And always check the back seat. Don't forget about loved ones or pets before leaving the car. Let's prioritize car safety. Together, we can save lives. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. If you're just tuning in, this is Fan 23, Fansville's number one sports radio station. Brought to you by Tasty Dr. Pepper. We are settling the great debate, best third quarter snack, hot dogs or nachos? You know my mantra, Doug. Uh, yes. Meaty Meaty early, early, cheesy, cheesy late. late. Well, it looks like we have a caller here to weigh in. Is this Chuck? Popcorn in the third is the move. What? You go with passive snacking after halftime. No, it's nachos. Look, as long as there's an ice cold Dr. Pepper there to wash it down, I'm good with either. Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. And now, the the number one for me what was the best thing that I saw in sports this weekend. That was on Saturday, hole number 14 at Oakland Golf Course from a 101 yards out. Uh, Eric Fry with a nine iron sticks one within two feet of the cup, and it was a heck of a golf shot. And it was the best thing I saw in sports this weekend. And now. Feel Talk my moment. thunder. <laughs> Come on, man. Let me gloat about myself. On 98.9 The Game.
back in into the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game. Let's take a look at uh, some uh, local sports uh, from basketball from uh, last night. And we'll start off here at the uh, top of the page here. Uh, follow along on our website, femradio.com, on our local sports tab there. The uh, National Trail Conference Basketball Tournament, the 88th Annual NTC Tournament kicked off there in Altamont last night and we were supposed to have night one on Monday but due to the weather that had to shift the schedule around and shuffle it around we had three games last night in a game one it was a Cowden picking up the win 53 of 49 was the final score there as you know Nioga trying to make it close there late but uh, some uh, free throws there at the end gave uh, Cowden the uh, W there. Uh, Wojcik, he had a great game on night one, 29 points uh, for him to start off the tournament strong uh, for him. And Lorton had uh, 10 points uh, there as well. It was a good game from Nioga Sheehan. He led the way. He had 22 for the Indians, and uh, Bullock had a 17 uh, there in the uh, loss. Thought Nioga was coming up there and trying to keep it close to the bitter end, but uh, Cowden pulls out the uh, win, and they'll be uh, back in action. Well, they'll be back in action tonight, and they advance in the championship bracket, and they get the number one seed, St. Anthony, uh, there tonight. So uh, we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, but uh, the game number two, uh, it was Altamont uh, taking on uh, Windsor Stu Straws, as this was technically game four. I guess you would say, but uh, these games were supposed to play tonight, but instead they moved them up to uh, last night, and Altamont came away with a win. A 71-44 to was the final here as Altamont came and jumped on them early there, especially on the defensive end. Uh, Altamont came out, and they started hitting their three-pointers in the early going. Uh, Eli, hit a, Eli Miller hit a couple. Uh, Elam was uh, hitting them as well. And it was uh, ended up being, um, let's see, uh, Caden Miller leading the way. He had a 17 on the night for uh, the Indians to uh, lead the way. But, uh, you know, I thought that it was, we were wondering how Altamont was going to come out after not playing uh, for a while, 11 days it had been since that mm -hmm. North Clay game with a couple of cancellations uh, there. And uh, also uh, Elam had a 13 in the game as well. McManaway. He had a good game offensively as well as defensively. He was uh, asked to a guard, uh, Jackson Gurgle there. And, you know, again, 15 points on the night. He had a few that were uh, not against uh, McManaway and uh, well-earned 15 points there. Uh, had to work for everything. And uh, Gracie also had a good game for Windsor with 11 uh, there. But, uh, you know, ultimately uh, too much of a hole to climb out of there in the opening quarter. For uh, Stu, and uh, so Altamont and advances on, and uh, you can't win them all without winning the first one, and uh, that's what Altamont needed to do there last night after such a long layoff uh, there, picking up the W uh, there to start off the tournament on the right foot for them. Absolutely. And so they improved to a 13 and four on the uh, season uh, there, and wins two straws. They fall to 10 and 13 overall there. And then the uh, last game of the night in the uh, nightcap, it was uh, Dietrich pouring it on. The floodgates open there in the first quarter. What an impressive opening quarter there for the Maroons, and they just carry that on for the rest of the game. It was a 62-20 to final score. 
Dietrich, all of them here in this one. They led 23-5 to after one quarter over South Central A, and Keck had it going early. And I'm surprised he only ended up with a 20. I think that they called off the dogs in the second half, but he could have easily had a, uh, over 30 mm-hmm. uh, with the way that he started the game. He had like 16 of 19 points early on uh, there, and uh, so he kind of was like, whoa. Open your eyes there with uh, him making all the shots there. Uh, Wessendorf, he also had a 13 points as well. And only double-figure scorers there for a Dietrich. But um, when you're holding the team only to do 20 points there, um, that's good there for yep. the Maroons. Starting off strong. And what it seemed becoming a yearly tradition, it's going to be in the championship semifinals. Altamont matching up with a Dietrich. There on a Friday, and uh, Stu and South Central fall to the uh, consolation bracket uh, there in the NTC. Also in uh, the uh, little Illini Conference Tournament there in uh, Newton, we had the uh, championship uh, semifinals, and it was Alney picking up the win over Casey, 48-24, to uh, 24, the final score there. And it was Newton getting a little bit of revenge after uh, losing the regular season matchup, but Newton one of this one in the conference tournament over Lawrenceville, 65 to a 60. As uh, Lawrenceville actually had the three point edge after one quarter, but then a strong second quarter uh, there for Newton. And then Lawrenceville has a great third quarter, but then uh, Newton outscored him 18 to three there in the final quarter to uh, pull off the win uh, there. So a nice win for the Eagles, 25 points for Nichols. To uh, lead the way for Newton, uh, Wolf had 14, and Beerman also added 11 uh, there. And uh, Jenkins for Lawrenceville had a 24, but comes up short uh, there in the final quarter for Lawrenceville. So uh, you have the uh, number one seed Alney matching up with the uh, three seed Newton in the championship for the LIC later on this week. And mm-hmm. imagine that gym will be pretty packed with. Oh, yeah. Uh, Newton fans being in their home uh, gym and only being as good as they are. Also in the Lincoln Prairie uh, Conference Tournament, it was the number one seed Arcola winning over the four seed Argenta 55-35. to And Okaw Valley put off an upset against the two seed Sullivan 59-56 to advance there in the Alika Prairie uh, bracket there. There was supposed to be a third game. That game was canceled last night, so it will be made up today. So there's going to be four games going on at the Lincoln Prairie Tournament, which, Travis, I think is one of the most cursed tournaments we've had in a while. Like, it feels (laughs) like, you know, between the snow and the weather and just the format of it and everything else going on, there's just... Mm -hmm. It feels like schedule changes aplenty is happening All over the place. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's... Kind of this time of year. Yep, yep, yep. Sometimes that's how it ends up uh, shaking out mm-hmm. uh, there. Uh, so it will be the uh, uh, championship uh, final on a Friday. Yep. And that'll set it up Arcola and Oka Valley. Yep. Uh, there for all the Tostitos. Yep. Uh, there. Up there in uh, Arthur. Up in Arthur. Yep. So. Uh, elsewhere in uh, some other uh, non-tournament action, uh, we had uh, Effingham uh, pull it out against OPH 53-45. to uh, 45. And I know that was a, a big win there for the Hearts because they had a long losing streak. Mm-hmm. It was up to uh, 20 games, I believe. It's been uh, quite a while since Effingham uh, picked up a, a win. 
and I want to say it was at the whole month of December they didn't find a win, and it's gone all the way back to November. Mm. That's crazy. Um, so uh, definitely a need of that. Uh, therefore, FEM, uh, they only had the one-point lead after one quarter, and I believe it was tied there at halftime. Uh, but in the third quarter, they outscored them 22-14 to 14, uh, there. So uh, let's see. It was uh, Welding uh, leading the way. He had 17 uh, there for the Hearts snapping that losing streak. Uh, Champagne and Centennial won over Charleston of 49-44. Of and uh, this one was a, uh, a hyped matchup. It was Mount Zion. Pulled off the win against Topolis, and it was a uh, 55 to a 39 final score there. T Town actually had the 8 to 4 lead after one quarter, but uh, Mount Zion had a strong uh, second quarter there. 23 to 8 outscored the shoes to take the lead there, and uh, they just kind of won it from there. It was uh, Custer leading the way for uh, Mount Zion. He had 22, and uh, JC Anderson also had 18. And uh, throwing down a couple of dunks last night as well for the uh, Braves, who only have one loss on the season. Uh, let's see, it was uh, Gaddis leading the way for uh, T-Town with nine points uh, there. Uh, let's see, elsewhere you had a Tuscola winning over Arthur Ocock Christian, 75-43. Vandalia over Central A&M, 61-53. In the South Central Conference, you had uh, Carlaville over Springfield Lutheran. Gillespie winning over East Allenwood River. Staunton over Greenfield uh, by two. Springfield Calvary uh, won against Litchfield by three. And Civic Memorial over Hillsboro there. Uh, 58-51 was the final there. And we also had a girls basketball on our airwaves last night as well as the annual tradition uh, continues with Altima and uh, T-Town. Uh, playing on NTC week mm -hmm. there in Topolis, and it was senior night there for the uh, shoes, and they ended up picking up the win, 65 to uh, 36 uh, was the final. Yeah, 26 to six after the first quarter, it was all wow. down there on senior night. Altamont could not get the ball in the basket, and you know, uh, just they they were outplayed by Topolis. I mean, they forced turnovers. They ended up forcing 14 turnovers, but they had 19 of their own. So that didn't help things. The rebounding battle was close, 21-26. Uh, to 26. Altamont just could not get the ball in the hoop. Uh, they ended up shooting 12 of 39 from the field, where Jatopoulos was 22 of 40. When a team is shooting better than 50%, you're in a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. And you have to make your shots. And unfortunately for Altamont, didn't happen last night. Just didn't happen. So that's... Grace had 17 to lead Altamont. Peyton Osteen had 11, but they were the only ones who really – got points uh no one else had more than three so. mm -hmm. crack the double figures yep whereas stopless had three players in double figures hmm. so. so uh yeah it was uh chloe propes yep. with uh 15 yep. uh molly ruhal with the uh, 16 yep. uh points in Nemerg with 12 yep. yeah so um, it's back to the drawing board we're talking about altamont travis losing back-to-back -back games for the first time since november mm-hmm but the last time that they lost back-to-back -back games, they went on a run. They did. But their schedule, Travis, is not easy. No. You know, at Yoga, at uh, 
Christ Our Rock, or Father McGivney, I'm sorry. Father McGivney, And yeah. uh, then Paris. And even a down Paris team is a good Paris team. Right. So their final three games are about all against teams, I believe, above 500. So yeah. that's a tough stretch to end your season on. Yeah, Father McGivney, 17 and a 7 overall, and a Paris, 15 and 9. But yeah, like you said. You know, they're an institution there. It doesn't yeah. matter what their record is. And, uh, and, and Nioga is important. It's important for the conference as if you win that game, uh, you sweep the regular season, right. and it's for the regular season conference title uh, there. So, and that uh, one is a big one. at Nioga? Mm-hmm. Mm, yep. Nioga plays differently at home because you know they that do. gym's going to be rocking. Mm, they do. Uh, Nioga actually had a game uh, last night. They had that makeup game with uh, CHBC, and uh, just like the conference tournament, uh, Cowden wins this one over Nioga, mm. and it was a much better start for Nioga uh, there than the conference tournament. They actually led by three after one quarter of play, and they actually had the lead at halftime as well, but it looks like Cowden won the second half here. They outscored Nioga 16-6 to there into the third and 17-11. Uh, to in the fourth quarter there, too, ended up winning uh, by double figures uh, there. Uh, Macy Rodman had a 23 to lead the way for the Bobcats. Uh, Ruby Stuckemeyer had 14 uh, there for CHBC as well. And it looks like a Richards had a 15 for Nioga, and Osborne had 12 uh, there. And Campbell almost in double figures there uh, with nine points uh, there uh, last night. And uh, let's see, we also had a Dietrich with the win over a Sandoval, 60-27 was the uh, final score there. It looks like they uh, really pulled away in the second half uh, there, did the Maroons uh, there. And also we had Taylorville get the win over Litchfield, 50-25. to uh, Georgetown Ridge Farm over Villa Grove, 45-24. Mount Pulaski over Argenta, 55-25. Sullivan over Pena, 65-26. And in the Central Illinois Conference Tournament, we had Clinton with the win over Central A&M, 48-42 was the uh, uh, final score uh, there in uh, that one. And we also had uh, Tuscola uh, matching up with uh, Warrensboro-Latham there as well. And Tuscola, a winner, 57-29 was the final there. So it'll be a Clinton versus Tuscola in the uh, championship there in the Central Illinois girls basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're very familiar with each other. They've matched up a couple of times uh, already uh, this season. Uh, they're including that all Tuscola-Clinton finals in the Monticello holiday hoopla on the boys' and girls' side uh, there. So uh, another rematch uh, there for Clinton to Tuscola. Uh, and in a junior high boys basketball, seventh grade in the Martinsville Regional, Martinsville uh, pulled off the upset against uh, Kansas to move on. Uh, Danville Schlarman with the win over Hume Shiloh as well. Single St. Michael uh, Regional actually didn't have uh, any scorers there. Uh, Casey uh, uh, Westfield Regional, it was Paris Crestwood over Casey and North Clay with a win over Red Hill. St. Anthony uh, defeated uh, Stu Straws in the St. Anthony Regional. Uh, Cowden won over South Central as well. Tuscola East Prairie Regional. Sullivan over Paris Mayo. Tuscola East Prairie over Arthur. Uh, Topolis Regional. Topolis with a win over Jasper County. Uh, Robinson Nuttall with the three over the two. Upset there. And in Taylorville, it was Mount Zion over Charleston. And Mattoon winning over Taylorville uh, there. 
Uh, local schedule for this evening, we have in the ATC, we got uh, number one seed St. Anthony against Cowden Eric Beecher City at 615. And the fourth seed is St. Elmo Brownstown against the five seed in North Clay at uh, 730 uh, tonight. In the little Illini Conference Tournament, you have the consolation uh, bracket there. Paris against Mount Carmel at 6 o'clock. And Robinson against Marshall at 7.30. And the Lincoln Prairie Conference Tournament continues as well. As you got Heritage against Tri-County at 6.30. Villa Grove against Arthur at 8 o'clock. And we also have a Cumberland against Unity Christian there. Starting the day off there at 5 o'clock. And, of course, you have coverage over there on WCRA. Yes, we do. Uh, also, uh, that made-up game, Blue Ridge at Sarah Gordo, uh, Gordo Beamant at 630 as well. One in the East Gym, one in the West Gym for that gotcha. made-up game from last night. I Don't ask me. I don't make the schedule. But, yeah, Cumberland taking on Unity Christian. Travis, hopefully this is a game the Pirates can take advantage of, get a win here tonight. Uh, this uh, Unity Christian team, I have them down as winning once all season. So, hopefully, the Pirates get a win. But I did notice their average in Unity Christian is averaging about 37 points a game. Hmm. Which is right about where Cumberland's averaging. So, both these teams, it's uh, going to be a dogfight. Hmm. So. Yeah, you know, uh, Unity not what they uh, were no. uh, last year with a couple of transfers yep. uh, out of the building. So well, they're not Decatur Lutheran anymore. Now they're Unity Christian. Sure. Just just kind of a, a, a season of, of resetting there for, for Unity Christian. So yeah, um, we'll see. Different we'll see vibes. We'll have it over on CRA. Yep. So. Trying to get over to the uh, Constellation Championship. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see that there sliding at 5 o'clock starting off the day yes. uh, there in Arthur. Early over there in Arthur. Um, 5 o'clock is early. I mean, it's early for a basketball game. Yeah. They'll take on the winner of Heritage and Tri-County. Mm-hmm. Well, the Pirates. And that game follows the Pirates yes. game Yes, uh, there in uh, the two gyms. Mm-hmm. Uh, girls basketball tonight as well. We had that makeup with North Clay and a Brownstown from the other day. Uh, Sarah Gordo at Decatur St. Teresa and Arcola hosted our Arthur Ocock Christian South Fork at Piasaw. We also have the Martinsville Regional Championship in 7th grade boys basketball. Martinsville against Schlarman at 6 o'clock. Uh, Paris Crestwood against North Clay at 6 for Casey Westfield Regional. Uh, we have St. Anthony against uh, Cowden at 6 o'clock for the St. Anthony Regional Championship. Topless against Robinson Nuttall at 6 for the Topless Regional Championship. And Mount Zion against Mattoon at 430 in the Taylorville Regional Championship uh, there. And we'll have all those uh, results posted on the website uh, tomorrow morning for you. As well, and don't forget about that coverage of the Cumberland mm-hmm. in the LPC uh, tournament. We also have a coverage here on our airwaves of a college basketball game, and that's the Illini, and they're back in action. A quick turnaround uh, for them, so we'll take a look at uh, that matchup with a little brother Northwestern coming up here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. It's cold outside, but at McMahon Meats, we have a convenient drive-up window so you can stay in your car. Phone ahead at 217-813-6054 to place your order, and we will hand it to you in your warm car. 
McMahon Meats offers fresh cuts of beef, pork, chicken, and fish. We also offer a wide variety of sides and appetizers. Stop by today on Route 40 between Teutopolis and Effingham. Check us out online at McMahonMeats.com or visit us on Facebook. McMahon Meats, where quality and convenience meet tradition. Hey, son, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine, Pops. What's on your mind? I just, I can't explain it. Navigating without a compass, eyes waiting, started to wonder. Metamorphosis, philosophy without choice. When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at sounditouttogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. You might watch your bottom line shrink if you don't account for burglaries, on-site accidents, and other unpredictable misfortunes at your business. Pekin Insurance offers comprehensive business coverage that lets you focus on what's important, employees, profits, and peace of mind. Ask your local Pekin Insurance agent about commercial insurance products or learn more at PekinInsurance.com. In Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. If you've been injured in an accident that wasn't your fault, we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions. They'll tell you if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-378-4750. So if you've been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, call now. Find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-378-4750 to speak with a live person now. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Tax Act can think of a million things more fun than filing taxes. Tax Act is going to name some now. Sitting in traffic. Folding a fitted bedsheet. Listening to your coworker talk about his fantasy team. Digging a hole. Digging an even larger hole next to that original hole. Unfortunately, Tax Act's filing software can't make taxes fun. But Tax Act can help you get them done. Tax Act. Let's get them over with. And now, the starting lineup. Eric Price, Sports Center updates. The Colts are in Minnesota on Saturday night to take on the Vikings in their second preseason game. You can hear that on our sister station, 109. Oh, 1090 AM WCRA. <laughs> oh I was still goodness. right. It just sounded bad. On 98.9, the game. Eric Fry, Sports Center update. The Blues scored a pair of goals in the third period of their 4-3 come from behind win against Calgary Flames at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. St. Louis won its last two games. Blues with 48 points and a 23-22 record. They'll visit Vancouver tonight. Blackhawks try to get in the win column and they visit the Seattle Kraken at Climate Privilege Arena tonight. Chicago 14-31-2. Tonight's game starts at 9 o'clock. Speaking of the West Coast, the Bulls are gearing up for a road game against Los Angeles Lakers at Crypto.com Arena tomorrow. Chicago try to bounce back from their last second 115-113 loss to the Suns. Tomorrow's game tips off at 9.30 p.m. Colts coaching staff will remain mostly intact, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer. Offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter is not a top candidate to fill the vacancy the Eagles have in the same role. Cooter was mentioned as a possibility fill the role firing the firing of Brian Johnson. In other news, assistant GM Ed Dodds is considered a finalist for Las Vegas Raiders GM vacancy. But the Raiders are close to hiring a new general manager as ESPN reports Los Angeles is working to hire former Los Angeles Chargers general manager 
Tom Telsco as their new GM. And the Eagles fired their offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson. So they'll be looking for a new one as well. Plus LeBron James and Steph Curry headline U.S. player pool for the Olympics. Welcome back in here to the uh, starting lineup. And uh, Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there with the uh, Sports Center hits. And uh, let's uh, move on here to uh, some uh, college of basketball. Let's check in on what happened there last night. As we did have a, a couple of upsets there, as it was uh, South Carolina storming the court as they beat number six Kentucky 79 62. Uh, there, look at all those people on the South Carolina court. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also a Texas beating their rivals, number eleven Oklahoma, seventy-five to a sixty. Uh, there, and a no upset here, number two of Purdue easily beat Michigan, ninety-nine to a sixty-seven. But again, it's not even fun anymore. Uh, almost a hundo on Michigan there last night. Uh, Zach Eady, uh, well, he wasn't the top performer here on ESPN. How many points and rebounds did the big fella have? He had to have had a big game. 16 points, only 10 rebounds, only one block. Pedestrian. Ugh, one block. Come on. Uh, number four, Houston wins a battle in the Big 12 over number 21, BYU, 75-68. Uh, Duke easily over Louisville, 83-69. Wisconsin pulls it out there, hangs on to beat Minnesota, and that was a rivalry game. I know it was more in football, but still, I guess, technically a rivalry game. 61-59 over the Golden Gophers, Staten over LaSalle, 66-54, and Creighton over Xavier, 85-78. Is there anything that happened in the uh, Big Ten besides those games I already mentioned? Uh, Nebraska winning over Ohio State, 83-69. Nebraska 15-5 overall, but... Only five and four in the Big Ten. Mm. Uh, there, uh, let's see. Uh, in the top twenty-five of tonight, you got the Iron Bowl. So this is rivalry week in college basketball, not the NBA. <laughs> They're trying, Travis. I guess uh, number eight Auburn is visiting Tuscaloosa, uh, Alabama. Alabama is favored by three and a half in that one, despite mm. being not ranked, mm. and uh, Auburn being number eight. Uh, FAU is at Rice, um, number 14, Marquette at DePaul, Kansas State at Iowa State, number 24, Colorado State against Nevada in a Mountain West battle, and also number 25, New Mexico against San Jose State, also Mountain West clash. And, of course, we have the number 10 team in the country. It's Illinois going and making the uh, trip to Evanston and meeting Northwestern uh, there. Late tip. 8 o'clock tip-off, and that means our uh, pregame coverage will start at 7 here on a 98.9. And if you're wondering, Illinois favored by 3.5 in uh, this one. And we already beat them already earlier this month in Champaign. It was a blowout, 30-point blowout against the Cats, 96-66 on January 2nd. Uh, ouch. So, uh, currently... We do have a, in the last 10 games, we do have a 9-1 and one record against um, Northwestern. Uh, we pretty much uh, dominate at home, but we have a overall record away from Champaign, 65-29. and 29. 
uh, there, if you compare that to our home record against Northwestern, 73 and 15. Mm. Uh, and uh, I say little brother because, I mean, look at this uh, series record, 143 to 44, almost 100 more wins. And we'll pick that up tonight uh, over the Cats. So 100 more wins than that. So it's not a rivalry game. We own it. And we'll own it tonight. Okay. <laughs> I, too confident, Travis. I like seeing you get knocked down a peg. So even though I want <laughs> Illinois to win, I also want you to get knocked down a peg whenever you start talking about, no, they're nobodies. It doesn't matter. So We beat them by 30 last time. I'm sorry. I, I, I know. I just like Illinois fans getting knocked down pegs when they get too big for their britches. That's all. <laughs> Right now, Illinois is starting to feel really big for their britches. So, number ten team in the country, and Kentucky they lost, so they could potentially move up. But of course, Illinois has got two more games uh, before the new rankings mm-hmm. uh, come out. We got the game uh, tonight here, and we also got a, a game on a Sunday as well against Indiana. So, yep, that's and still can't win the conference. Right. Uh, Right in the middle of football? Yep. Hmm. Or is that Saturday? That's Saturday. 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 My bad. Yep. I was going to say, it better not be. I was like, how are we going to Due gonna to scheduling purposes, <laughs> it better not be. I I mean, either way, I'll probably be at the NTC tournament, so. I don't know, 2 o'clock, Travis, maybe not. I mean, what if I want to go and watch the other games Well, that's in true. the afternoon session? So... You hope to not uh, be there, but uh, a lot of things happening. You meant to say you hope weekend. to not be working. Well, I'll, I'll still be working. Oh yeah, I'm always on the ground. Always working. Always on the ground. Uh, there working. So uh, that will do it for college basketball again. At seven o'clock, we'll begin our coverage here on a 98.9 of the Illinois Northwestern game. Uh, and then we are up against it, and we're going to close it out talking about a little baseball uh, coming up next. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Totopolis State Bank and Totopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. It's cold outside, but at McMahon Meats, we have a convenient drive-up window so you can stay in your car. Phone ahead at 217-813-6054 to place your order, and we will hand it to you in your warm car. McMahon Meats offers fresh cuts of beef, pork, chicken, and fish. We also offer a wide variety of sides and appetizers in Effingham. Check us out online at McMahonMeats.com or visit us on Facebook. McMahon Meats, where quality and convenience meet tradition. And now, the starting lineup. You know, Travis, I like you. <laughs> okay. But you're wrong. Flora's going to get this win. All right. Handedly. 42 to 14. 42 14. Wow. The disrespect. (laughs) On 98.9 The Game.
Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9. We're only here on 98.9 for just say a smidge a bit longer. We'll have to uh, table some of this conversation yes, uh, for the uh, pod. Uh, but the uh, Hall of Fame uh, class of uh, 2024 was announced for uh, MLB uh, there yesterday. And uh, three players were uh, named there to uh, the uh, ballot as it was uh, Adrian Beltre is uh, going to be a Hall of Famer. We also had uh, Joe Maurer as well. And uh, Todd Helton, he's been waiting for uh, a little bit, but uh, he was finally elected uh, there uh, yesterday. Um, and a couple of people missing out, including one, Gary Sheffield as yep. well. He got 63% of the uh, vote uh, there. And uh, Billy Wagner as well fell just a little bit short, 73% of the vote. Yeah, uh, there. But Chef, this was his last year, so Gary Sheffield will not mm. be a Hall of Famer. It was his tenth year, and we'll dive more into the votes and who's going up, who's going down, and who is coming in next year, Travis. Mm-hmm. Who's eligible next year? Oh yeah, because if you're on the list and didn't make it this year, odds are you will not make it next year. Hmm. I'm saying. Um, and uh, Joe Maurer uh, joins Johnny Bench and uh, Pudge Rodriguez as the only catchers to be voted into the Hall of Fame in their first year yep. of eligibility uh, there. So uh, in recent years, uh, Todd Helton's percentage has increased uh, 52% in 2022, 72% in 2023, and uh, this year he got nearly 80% yep. of the votes yep. for Mr. Todd Helton. Uh, they're going into the hall uh, there. So we'll explore more of the uh, list uh, in the uh, podcast. So make sure you uh, download that wherever you find your favorite pods. And also I uh, got some this day in sports history as well. So uh, don't forget about that Atlanta game uh, tonight and uh, the uh, Cumberland game over on a WCRA this evening as well. And we'll be back to recap both of those things on tomorrow's program. So until then, have a great rest of your day. And coming up next here on ESPN Radio is Carla versus Joe. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in to the podcast, and Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, still here with you. And uh, coming up here in the uh, pod, we got some stuff uh, to uh, clean up. We got also more baseball to uh, clean up as well. Talk more about that Hall of Fame uh, selections. And also got this day in uh, sports history as well coming up as well. Uh, is there anything on sports or anything you wanted to clean yeah, up? Yeah, the Milwaukee Brewers are adding some power to their 2024 lineup. As ESPN reported, the team agreed to a two-year contract with first baseman Reese Hoskins on Tuesday night. The deal's worth $34 million and includes an opt-out at the end of the 2024 season. Hoskins missed the entire 2023 season after tearing his ACL during spring training. Mm-hmm. So you need a first baseman, and Hoskins ends up going to the Brewers. Yeah, we miss him. That's okay, because we're getting Cody Bellinger to play first base. Mm. I can keep telling myself that. <laughs> yes, uh, speaking of someone, Travis, I mean, you talk about just 
a myriad of riches. The Dodgers are adding a veteran arm to their starting rotation. ESPN reports that Los Angeles has reached an agreement on a one-year deal with free agent starting pitcher James Paxton. The report says the deal is worth about $11 million in guaranteed money. The 35-year-old went 7-5 and five with a 450 ERA and 19 starts for the Red Sox last season. Paxton has dealt with injuries throughout his career and was limited to only six starts from 2020 to 2022. The Dodgers, Travis, have spent about $1.07 billion this offseason on free mm-hmm. agent players. Yep. <laughs> Man. And it's another uh, pitcher, too. Yep. Man. Which, but, Travis, that got me thinking. Does mm. that mean Clayton Kershaw is not coming back? Mm. Yeah. I mean, either they may not even have a spot. Yeah. He's either going to retire or he's moving on to another team. But I think this signing makes it pretty clear that Clayton Kershaw will not be back with the Dodgers. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. But, yeah, I mean, especially Paxton's a lefty, too. Yep. So, yep. Um, I could I could see that. The Clayton Kershaw era has must ended be, with the Dodgers. They, they must be doing that because of that. Yeah. Like hmm. I said, he's either going to retire or he's going somewhere else to play. Yeah. Wouldn't you hate it if he signed with the Cardinals, Travis? Ah, after all these years that you making fun after of after all these years after all these years after all the postseason uh moments yeah. that have been against Kershaw but get the monkey off your back and win a legit championship and I'll be a forgiven well here's the thing Travis he would be great in St. Louis he's an over the hill pitcher who gives up a lot of hits recently, and he only struggles in the postseason. The Cardinals aren't sniffing that this year, so <laughs> he's he's good. I mean, he's a little young. He's thirty five. Oh, so yeah, yeah, too young. Mm-mm. Not not nope. <laughs> not making a signing on that one. Mm. Buffalo Bills kicker Tyler Bass is deleting his social media accounts following his missed field goal in Sunday's playoff loss against Kansas City. Buffalo was beaten by the Chiefs 27-24 at Highmark Stadium in the divisional round matchup. Bass missed a potential game-tying 44-yard field goal with just under two minutes remaining, and the Bills' season came to an end. Since then, Bass has apparently received multiple threats online, prompting him to delete his social media accounts. After the game, Bass said he feels terrible and took the blame for the loss. And again, how many times do we have to say sports fans awful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I knew that was coming. Oh, yeah, but it doesn't mean it's not. Yeah, I know. Yeah, not, not a fan. Not a fan. Stupid. All right, and here's here's to a California. Oh, okay. I got confused. It said Stanley Cups, and I thought Stanley Cups, but they're the brand. No, it's yeah. the yeah the the craze the craze that's sweeping the nation. Yes, but Travis TCU women's <laughs> basketball team. Mm-hmm. will be able to put a team on the floor this week. They had to forfeit two games last week because they didn't have enough healthy players. So what did they do? They held open tryouts from the student body and were able <laughs> to find three students with winning high school experience and a fourth player from the volleyball team. Wow. We just need bodies to put on <laughs> a jersey. A That's all we need. Wow. <laughs> so open TCU tryouts. women's basketball. We'll be back on the court uh, this week because they were able to do open tryouts there. Could you imagine just being a student? Yeah. I mean, like, 
I used to play basketball in high school a little oh, bit. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'll try out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's crazy. I was going to look at what TCU is <laughs> for giggles. Oh, man. I mean, TCU, the Horned Frogs. The Horned Frogs. <laughs> basketball I got team a, going about as good as the Got league. a volleyball player now playing. Yep. <laughs> Plucked him from the hey, volleyball Travis, team. Travis, they are not last in the Big 12. They are... Second, third to last. They have a better conference record than Cincinnati and UCF. They're 15-4 and four on the season. That's better than Kansas, BYU, Houston, Oklahoma State, hmm. even Iowa State. They got a better record than Iowa State. So, TCU, not not doing so bad, hmm. even though they have no one on the court. And basically replacement players. Yeah, they were on a one, two, three, four, five, six-game losing streak, Travis, before they beat UCF last night. Hmm. So yeah, walk-ons aplenty. Hmm. Well, yeah, at least they the now Horned have Frogs a roster. Started the season fourteen and zero, and we're ranked number twenty-third in the nation. Before a slew of injuries, six available players. Wow. So they brought in Sarah Sylvester, an athlete on the school's volleyball team, as well as Piper Davis, Ella Hamlin. And Micaiah Moore. Hmm. The uh, uh, Sylvester is a sophomore middle blocker for the volleyball team. She's six foot three. Hmm. Well, the others are just guards. TCU is still without um, Sedana Prince, who is sidelined indefinitely with a broken finger. Jaden Owens has an ACL issue. Dejon Turner has an ankle. Um, they're going to miss the remainder of the season. Um, four other players are dealing with injuries or health issues, and another left campus because of concerns. Mm. That's a that's a tough situation to be in. But like I said, they beat UCF last night. So right, wow. So I mean, you hear sometimes uh, the lack of players for yeah. like high school and stuff. But you don't ever hear that no. in the uh, in college. In college, no. Right. So I wondered about those cancellation game, forfeited games, uh, if that was part of their four losses. But I guess it's. Uh, according to Big 12 rules, it's losses in the conference, but overall records isn't affected. Right, right. Uh, there, so. By the way, at this point, they are not in bracketology. So. Hmm. 15 and 4. Maybe they should. Maybe they should. I agree. But, no, TCU, not, not there. Hmm. Maybe they can just go out and win the Big 12 championship. That's what you got to do. Just win the, win the championship. Let's go. I'm pulling for you. That's an underdog story. Be Kansas State, number four team in the country. Yep. <laughs> that is, like I said, that is a, a underdog story. I like underdog stories. And that is Sports Center. What's your Sports Center? All right. So uh, we already had uh, quite a bit of uh, baseball here already in those uh, Sports Center hits, but uh, we didn't get to dive deep into the Hall of Fame uh, voting and uh, what not here. Uh, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's hit up on that more. Yes. Uh, about uh, Beltre getting voted in. He got 95% of the uh, votes. So that was a slam dunk mm-hmm. uh, for him to be there. Uh, Todd Helton, like I, m- I mentioned, 79% of the votes getting in. And uh, Joe Maurer on his first time out, 76% of the votes yep. for Joe Maurer. Just barely getting in. I mean, I I don't know about him being a Hall of Famer, but I was actually kind of surprised that he got in there on his first time out. Yeah, I am a little bit as well. Yeah, I didn't really realize some of his stats 
don't look like no. that great to be a hall, of, I, a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think what helps him is longevity at catcher. It does and catcher? Well, he did have some injuries yep. in his career, and I had to make him switch to first, first base. First base, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, longevity just in, in general. Uh, that definitely prolonged his career all the way to 2018. Yep. And it played till he was 35. And he also just played in one city yep. uh, as yep. well. I don't know if that has any help. But uh, he did win an MVP. He was a three-time gold glover, a five-time silver slugger, three-time batting champion, and six-time all-star. And now you can put on his baseball reference page, Hall of Famer. Yes. The gold banner. Yep. yep. There it is. So, Travis. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 talk about some of these other players. Let, let, let's start with players who are going to fall off because they did not get that five percent that needed to stay on the ballot. Mm-hmm. So getting six votes, Jose Bautista. So there will be no bat flip at the Hall of Fame. Uh, no, no bat flip at mm. the Hall of Fame. Carlos Beltran or not Carlos Beltran, Bartolo Colon got a vote, got five votes actually. So he will not be on the ballot after this year. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez got three votes. He'll be falling off. <laughs> Matt Holiday got four. Hmm. He'll be falling off. Will not be well, on again. He's a Cardinal Hall of Famer. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> Victor Martinez got six votes. Hmm. He will be falling off. Brandon Phillips uh, got a vote. One vote. One vote. <laughs> so he will be falling off. Hmm. Jose Reyes mm-hmm. got none. No votes. No votes. He'll be falling off. James Shields. Mm-hmm. No votes. No votes. He'll be falling off. Mm. David Wright. Ah, uh, yeah. Barely got enough votes. 5%'s what you need. He had 6.3%. Ooh. 24 votes. So he Staying on the ballot. Be on the ballot. So, <laughs> But you know, who, who made it in, Travis? And, and we've talked about that. What I wanted to look at is who lost votes from year to year. Sure. That kind of tells you who's gaining momentum, who's losing momentum. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with um, – now, again, this is just among returning voters. So obviously there are new people voting each year. So just among – it's not an overall sample, but it's who's returning as a voter. So they had mm. their vote last year, maybe lost it or gained more votes this year. Right. So first up, Bobby Abreu, Travis, lost three votes from last year. Mm-hmm. So Bobby Abreu in his it will be his sixth year next year, losing a little bit of momentum. Mm-hmm. Someone who's gaining momentum, Carlos Beltran, Travis, he gained twenty four votes over last year. Mm-hmm. So he That's was at sixty five point six percent of the vote. So he was right, very close to getting in. You know, one hundred forty five votes. He needed another sixty nine um, to get in. So he's right there. Yeah. Um, Mark Burley lost six votes, so not trending in the right direction. Um, Torrey Hunter gained a vote. Still needs 261 to get in, so still got a long way to go for Torrey Hunter. Yeah. Um, and actually, he's now at 4%, so he is off the uh, the ballot. So hmm. uh, he will not be – Torrey Hunter will not be a Hall of Famer. No. Which is kind of disappointing, at least for his glove, right? Right, yeah. I don't know what else he did yeah, besides that, true. unfortunately. Andrew Jones gained four votes. He's only 52 uh, votes away from making it in. So 
I think he's definitely got a good chance of making it in before his time is up. This is going to be his eighth year next year. Right. Of being uh, on the ballot. Overall, he was right behind uh, Sheffield at yep. 61% of the votes. Uh, Fernando Rodriguez lost two votes. Uh, he's at 6.8, so he's right there close to falling off. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Rollins gained five votes. Hmm. So he was uh, he still has got a lot of work to do, 232 votes away from making it in. So um, yeah. Gary Sheffield in his last year gained 17 votes. He was 43 votes short, Travis. Wow. That's it. Yeah, 63.9% of the votes. Yep. Uh, Omar Vizquel gained uh, two votes, so he still needs 221 to make it in. Mm-hmm. And uh, Billy Wagner gained eight votes. He was five away, Travis, from making it in. I uh, just missed the cut overall just. votes. 73 points, uh, nine of 30-plus saves, and a sub-three ERA only yep. trailing Mariano Rivera and Trevor Hoffman, and both those closers are in the Hall of Fame. So, again, he is so close to making it. You need 284 votes to get in. He had 280. You need 289. He had 284. Five mm. votes. Next year will be his last year on the ballot. Right. Do you think he makes it in? Yeah. He was close this year. So. Well, before you say it. that, Travis, who is joining next year? Mm-hmm. Brian McCann will be on the ballot. Okay. Hanley Ramirez will be on the ballot. Okay. Russell Martin will be on the ballot. Troy Tulowitzki. Mm-hmm. Curtis Granderson. Mm-hmm. Two-time World Series winner Ben Zobrist will be on the ballot. Okay. Ian will be on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting to, I think, the big four that are going to be on next year's ballot. King Felix will be on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dustin Pedroia. Ooh. Yeah. C.C. Sabathia. Mm, yeah. And Ichiro. Oh, well, yeah, Ichiro. Ichiro should be in. That's a lock. Mm-hmm. But, again, who's he taking votes away from? Right. So, that'll be interesting. I, I think, Travis, I feel personally, I think Ichiro should be the next unanimous Hall of Famer. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, he just he changed what the game was, and he became such a cultural phenomenon. Mm, right. And he, I, I still feel longevity. Yeah, longevity. What he could do, that slap bunt that he kind yeah. of innovated. Um, right. And I also feel Travis that he was kind of the our generations, and it may not matter but our generation's biggest superstar from Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes, us diehards, we remember Hideo Nomo, but most people don't. Right. And I, I would say Ichiro, you know, even guys now who are coming over get compared to Ichiro. Mm-hmm. Right. I just, I, I think he's going to get in. He should be unanimous. I don't know if he will be, but he should be. Right. No, I think so. so. I mean, he already had 1,200 hits in Japan before he even came to the major leagues. Right. 
So, I mean, if you want to compile that, it's over 4,000 hits in his professional career. Uh, there, and he has uh, 10 gold gloves, 10-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger, two-time batting champion, rookie of the year, mm-hmm. and an MVP as well. So, yeah, Ichiro's a slam dunk. Yep. But, Travis, there's two more players I did not mention as far as votes year over year. Actually, three, because I think these are the three that are intriguing to look at. Guys, 3,000 hit with the Marlins. He did. Everyone forgets those years. No one wants to remember those years, Travis. Uh, Don't bring it up. (laughs) Andy Pettit, Travis, Mm -hmm. lost four votes. Hmm. Manny Ramirez lost one. And A-Rod lost one. Hmm. So these guys are not gaining no anything. Right. Not gaining anything like, oh, you're like, oh, well, maybe next year will be the yeah. year. It would have to be yeah, a really, huge jump. really huge jump. Now, what I find interesting, who had one of the biggest jumps year over year from last year to this year? Carlos Beltran, who gained 24 votes, who was tied in with the Astros controversy. Right. So the baseball writers are, and the voters, are letting it known that they do not look at that controversy in the same light as steroids. Two totally Mm -hmm. different things. You are okay if you are connected with the Astros cheating scandal. More so than the steroids. Right. And that's a that would be a real shame if kind of that clouds over Beltron uh, there, as far as I'm concerned. But well, but there were a lot of I mean people still bring it up. I know people still bring it up I to know. Altuve when, and I'm thinking more for Altuve when he becomes Hall of Fame eligible. Is that going to mm. hang over him? If yeah, Beltron sure gets will. in, then you've already set the precedent that it's not as big of a deal. Mm-hmm. You already let let one guy who is directly tied into it who lost his job because of it Mm -hmm. so i think that's where it's important Hmm. yeah there's a big big gap between a beltron and a rod and manny a rod has 34 percent of the votes Uh, manny has 32 and a half percent of the votes and uh, we talked about andy pettit only 13 and a half percent of the votes this year for mr pettit so i i I kind of feel, Travis, with that being said, that, like, you know, we're, we're looking at Pettit, A-Rod, Manny will not make the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Beltron, to me, again, this is the, the voters making a stand, whether they're meaning to or not, that if you are in any way connected in any type to steroids even though 95% of the players in that time frame were doing them, mm-hmm. you are not going to get in. Yeah. But being caught cheating in the World Series will get you, and winning will get you into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That just, that, I don't, I don't know if I 100% agree with that, Travis. Right. Yeah. No. Because, again, the steroid thing, we know now what we know. Like I said, 90% of the players were doing it. Yeah, a lot of them were. In the World Series, the other team was not banging on trash cans. Only one team did that, and Mm -hmm. they won. 
Yep. So that's why I I have to look at them as saying the trash can's the worst. Because it was strategically an unfair advantage in that game. Right, and what's the argument of you could take steroids, but you still have to hit the ball? Yep, you still have to perform. Yeah. And you still had to perform with the trash can banging. Yeah, did. But still, I think it's the fact of you took an opportunity away from another team, straight up. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. I was just trying to look at some of the guys that you were talking about, mm-hmm. of whether they're Hall of Famers or not. What are you thinking? I mean, CC Sabathia, 251 wins, 3,000 strikeouts. That's good for his resume. He's a World Series champion, Cy Young Award winner, ALCS MVP, but. No. That's the Pedroia. I really know about that. Four time gold glover, silver slugger, overall defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, MVP. Only eighteen hundred hits though. Yeah, but those... Almost a 300 batting average, so that's good. Those World Series teams, Travis, when you think of those Boston World Series teams, he's the guy you think of. Yeah. And I think longevity helps. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would put him in first year, first ballot, but maybe get in eventually. You said Felix Hernandez, too? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would say uh, Sabathia has a better uh, resume, even though I know Felix has a uh, perfect game, right? So uh, he was only one-time Cy Young Award winner, six-time All-Star ERA champion twice, but only 2,500 strikeouts, 169 wins. I don't think when it comes to pitchers, you can use wins. That used to matter. But they already set the precedent with the Cy Young going to a sub-500 pitcher who had a 192 ERA. Well, I mean, that's just for Cy Young. That's not really... But what I'm saying is Felix Hernandez was on a lot of bad Seattle teams. Yeah. He pitched well on those bad Seattle teams. You gonna hold that against him? I mean, in two thousand nine, he was runner up in the Cy Young. He was nineteen and five. Uh, let's see, in two thousand twelve, he was thirteen and nine. He was fourth place in Cy Young. Pretty far back there. Twenty thirteen, he was only twelve and ten. He was five and six in twenty fourteen. He was runner up again in the Cy Young. So, I mean, he's pretty close in mm-hmm. two years. As well, but I don't know. He didn't even win 20 games. 19 and 5, I know what you said, but I don't know. I don't know if Felix Hernandez is a Hall of Famer. Mm. 
CC deserves it more than him. Longevity with one team, though, too, for Felix. I mean, he is a picture here with Baltimore, but I don't see any stats for him. So he must have signed but didn't play. I don't know. That's not for us to decide. We don't have votes, Travis. Maybe we should. As someone I just saw on an X, Travis. Carlos Beltran was the mastermind of the biggest cheating scandal in 100 years. If we keep Pete Rose out for gambling and steroids out for doing something everyone did, then Beltran should stay out as well. And Joe Jackson's out of the Hall of Fame. And he was cheating on the World Series with the with the Black Sox. Yeah. So. Hmm. Sorry. That's that's my my two cents on the matter. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, going forward, mm -hmm. does anything and gains votes and whatnot. Also, I find and it Beltran hilarious you can it. now bet on baseball and Pete Rose still is not in the Hall of Fame. Well, yeah. He should. Get Barry in there, too. Uh, yeah, I'm not against that. Might Roger well. Clemens as well. Yeah. But nope, because baseball's too old. We're stuck in our ways. Nah. All right, exactly, very prestigious in Cooperstown. No, oh, please, the popularity contest <laughs> by people who haven't wronged the league. Mm -hmm. It's the old boys club keeping the old boys in there. Yeah. Sounds like another entity that we all know about in a big city. Hmm. I don't know what you're talking about Sitting there. Sitting up on a hill. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I don't know right, what you're Travis, talking about there. Let's move on. This day in sports history? Yeah, let's get to it. All right. On this day in 1986, 19-year-old Mike Tyson broke Rocky Marciano's record for consecutive KOs to begin a career with 17 as he knocked out Mike Jameson. Mm. On this day in 1999, Wayne Gretzky has a goal and two assists as and the MVP of his 18th and final All-Star game. Hmm. On this date in 1999, David Duvall shoots a final round 59 to win the Bob Hope Chrysler Classic by one stroke. It was the third 59 in PGA Tour history and remains the only one to date in the fifth round of a tournament due to the tournament's unique format. Hmm. And finally, Travis, on this day in 2014, Knicks forward Carmelo Anthony puts up a career-high 62 points in a 125-96 win over the Bobcats. <laughs> the Bobcats. The Bobcats, that's right. Nice. Mellow. 60 points. Yep. Do we get another one? We shall see. On this date. We shall see. We shall. And we'll talk about it tomorrow. We will. <laughs> talk about that Cumberland game tonight as well. As in U of I. Of course. Got lots to talk about. Lots to get into tomorrow. Mm -hmm. All right. So... I think that's it. You got anything else? Nope, that'll do me. 
All right, so uh, that will do it here. So uh, we will uh, get on out of here. We'll recap all those things on uh, tomorrow's uh, program and enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Peace out, y'all.